0: You're listening to the Corporate Quitter Podcast, where it's all about exploring possibilities for making an honest living outside of the traditional nine to five. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Corporate Twitter Podcast. I'm Gabby Ainello, and today I'm joined by brand strategist Chrissy Robinson. She partners with entrepreneurs to develop a strategy to reach their ideal target market and grow their online presence. She specializes in working with minority-owned businesses that lack access to resources and knowledge. And she empowers her clients through training so that they are able to make informed decisions on their own. And as a new entrepreneur and someone who's just figuring this out, and for a lot of listeners, I know everything that you're going to talk about today is going to be like all nuggets of gold. So thank you so much for being on. Yes.
1: Thank you so much for having me. Get your, get your notebooks ready.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Literally, everyone listening do that. Because the first time I spoke with Chrissy, she gave me so many great things to, to put in place. And since putting in those very simple, very strategic processes... My business has grown exponentially as a result of it. So get ready, y'all. This is gonna be the ride of your life. (laughs) So, Chrissy, can you just give us a bit of a backstory? Like, you know, what did you go to school for? How did that pan out in the real world? And how'd you get into being a brand strategist?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So I love this question because I think it is something that is very ignored by people. So, in my own story, right? So I have always been kind of a designer type of person I've always been very creative people have always told me oh my gosh you're so creative but because of the lack of knowledge of what my options were I knew I love tech and I knew I love business and so I, what I actually went to school for was uh, two majors actually so business management and computer information skills nothing to do with design nothing but I knew I had design skills, right? Like my house is always decorated well. Like I was always messing around with paint. You'd be surprised some of the things I've done, And like MS Paint. It's been <laughs> it's been a while since I've touched it now. I don't even think it exists anymore. But I've done a lot of things. But how I ended up into design was I actually started working for a corporation, one of a Fortune 500 company in tech, and I had a leader who gave me a laptop and basically told me I can get whatever I want in it. And as intimidated as I was, I was like, give me Photoshop and Illustrator. And I will never forget the first thing I did in it. If you're a designer, you know, oh, my gosh, Illustrator and Photoshop, even if you're not, if you've touched it, you're like, oh, my gosh, all these different. Overwhelming. Oh, my (laughs) God. (laughs) Like thinking back to the the first thing that I created, I always want to tell this story. I'm like, I wish I could find it. it was like a chili pepper for an event I was planning. And it was terrible. (laughs) terrible. I could not figure out how to make it work. But with all of that being said, just slowly, what I took is kind of a more realistic approach to learning it. And so I was getting all of these opportunities where I would work with events and do station. Like I thought I wanted to be an event designer for a long time. So I would do like stationary designs for like invites and all that kind of stuff. And what I did was I taught myself piece by piece. So if I was doing an invitation and I wanted to make it glitter, I Googled or used YouTube and said, how do you make glitter on Photoshop? And slowly but surely, I learned the tool set. And then bringing back in the business side of things, I realized I like working with business clients much more than like people trying to plan a birthday party or a baby shower. And so naturally, I started to transition. Color Addict's always been around, even when I had my other company. But I started to kind of focusing more on the business side because of the problem. I'm a problem solver at heart. And so businesses, of course, solve problems. And this was like a natural transition for me. So now this is really all that I do. And I love what I do. But it just took me a while to get there because I didn't even know it existed. And to be perfectly honest, tech, business, and just overall, like online, the internet, 10 years ago was not what it is today. No so it's way. like, I couldn't have known it anyway. Yeah, But one of the things I try is just to make information available. Like my sole purpose on Instagram, it's not even to get leads. It's to just to get, make an impact, right. To get the information out there. Cause a lot of people are overthinking things just because they don't know what their options
0: are. Yeah. I love your Instagram feed. I like save all of your posts because I think one of the greatest things about, Maybe it's COVID, maybe it's just the era of TikTok and like social media booming and how it's making such a difference in people's lives in terms of business. That when you provide value, such as yourself, where you create these carousels or these, you have these lives where you're actually educating people and like, this is how you make great content. This is how you help your business explode. Like, it is extremely helpful for the small entrepreneur who literally has an idea, but they have no idea how to get started or they have something that's up and running, but they don't really know how to like go to the next level. So, I love what you do. And I think it's going to continue to help other people too. And, and because of that, you're going to explode.
1: Yeah, thank you. Thank you. I see the information is there. It's just people aren't very actionable when they say it. Like They'll tell you to do target market research, but what does that mm-hmm. really mean? Right? They don't give you the practicals of like how to actually apply what they're saying to do. And that's the piece that they almost expect you to know. You know, yeah. And so, what I try to do, and it's just nature who I am. Is I'm a very actionable person. I try to make everything actionable. Well, you know, I show visuals. Yeah. I try to just give you a picture of what it actually looks like to do whatever it is I'm telling you to do.
0: Yeah. With you finding out how to navigate business on social, was that something that you innately figured out, or was that your own trial and error? And now that you've like uncovered what works and what doesn't, you now bring it into the world. Like, how did you, from your experiencing being in corporate, doing the event stationary work, how did that translate into now being this expert in brand strategy?
1: I love that. So, I think. I think why I'm good is simply because the way my mind thinks, I break down almost like perspective. So if you think about Instagram as a business, it's very easy to understand what they care about and what they don't, right? So I like to use the example of consistency. Everyone asks me all the time, how much should I post on Instagram? right? But Instagram cares less about how often you post than rather you being consistent. If I'm going to refer you to someone, right? Would I rather refer you to someone who shows up sometimes and then takes like breaks for 30 days? Or would I refer you to someone who I know that's going to be there and show up for you hundred percent and be active on the platform? Instagram's sole purpose is to keep people on their platform. That's how they make money. The longer you're on the platform, the more money that they're able to make through ads, Right. Mm -hmm. So the longer you're scrolling, the more ads you see, the more money they'll make. It's simple. So when you boil it down to what's actually happening, I think I just really have I question everything. So even when I'm watching like advertising, it's really fun to me. It's like something I do like when I watch. Things on Hulu, I pay more attention to the ads than I do the actual thing I'm watching simply because I'm asking myself, what are they trying to tell me by using this imagery? What do they want me to do? So I break it down in that context. My mind makes sense of things that way. And brand strategy was just a natural progression. And then when it comes to like knowing the right things, everyone is really different. So my mindset around like experiments, so I I teach this all the time. I say, as business owners, we are scientists. We're going to create a hypothesis, right? And we're going to say, we think this will work. We're going to try these things. And the biggest thing that most entrepreneurs miss is the analytics. There's a reason why it's there. One of the sole differences between, and I'm going to use Instagram again as an example, Instagram personal and Instagram business is the analytics because as a business, you care about those things. And it's the one thing that most entrepreneurs are not paying attention to. So not only try something, but have some success metrics that you can use to make sure that you're on track. And so that's what I do as a strategist. I care about the stats, right? And I really value the clients that are able to just throw the numbers at me instead of having to go and do that research. If you've got history, if you've been doing something for a while, you're steps above the next person because you can go back and look at history and see mm-hmm. what's worked and what hasn't. You find what works and you double down on it. It could be that simple. I hate to boil it down to something so no, but simple. I mean, it, is,
0: it is, I think, with most things in life, right? It really is more simple. It's the overthinking, all this BS that comes into your head, the self-doubt, the imposter syndrome, that really is the reason why people stop or they don't pursue this fully. So it's funny too, that you broke this down too, because now I could see how your brain works from a creative perspective and the business perspective. It's great to make things beautiful, but if it's not working, if it's not landing properly, it's complete garbage, even if it's pretty.
1: Exactly. I've yeah. said that twice today. That exact like that exact sentence I say all the time. Anyone can make something look beautiful, right? Oh, we're, yeah. we're all creative in our own ways. So we can all make things look nice, but does it work? Does it give yeah. you results? Is it doing what you want it to do? And that's the difference between working with a brand strategist and just like your typical designer. I explained it to you in the I love this example of like the sandwich artists, right? Like the Subway folks, not to crap on Subway because there's a there's a (laughs) reason why it exists. But like, do you want someone where you're going to go in and say, hey, I want, you know, a sandwich and I want it to have this type of meat, this type of cheese, exactly this much mayo, exactly this much pickles? Or do you want someone who's going to curate something you've never even thought, a combination you've never thought would taste good? Right. They got like some random like anchovies and like mustard. And you're like, oh, my gosh. You know, do you want that experience or do you want to tell someone what to do or what you think you want them to do and them to just do that? And then be stuck yeah. why the sandwich is gross. It's because you wanna yeah. catch up on it, you know? Yeah. I love, I love to use that example because there is a clear difference. Again, there's a time in business where you need one versus the other, but there's a clear difference between working with someone like me and working with someone that's maybe like just starting out. They're gonna give you exactly yeah. what you asked for. They're not gonna question anything, they're not gonna care about your business bottom line, they're not gonna care about any of that stuff.
0: Yeah. I couldn't agree more. And as someone who's slowly but surely growing my business, it's funny because I'm having the same kind of recognition as you are with like seeing ads on TVs. I'm like, Ooh, I'm drawn to that even though it's terrible. There was this one like Rock Auto, which is like a place you buy parts for cars. I had it yesterday and it's a terrible ad. It, it looks like it's done in the nineties. Like it has like cartoon characters. Like the music is terrible. And yet I couldn't stop watching it for a second. I was revolted. Right. Cause you're like, Oh, I don't like this. But then as my marketing hat came on, I was like, wait, but something about this is working. Something about the cars for kids ad works, you know, all these stupid, catchy jingles, all the colors, all the really weird reels, if you will, like, even though it doesn't look pretty, even though maybe it looks clunky for whatever reason, people are drawn to it. and that is marketing.
1: Yep, absolutely. You're you're spot on. I know exactly what commercial you're referring to, because in my mind, when I saw that commercial, I was like, holy crap, they paid no actors. They paid someone like an animator to create like one. They paid for the jingle and the music. Then they paid an animator to create it. And they've got a pretty cheap ad that's going to be stuck. The fact that we're even talking about the ad. You know, think about that. The return on investment as a business is like amazing, amazing, because it could not have cost that much to create that thing, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So outside of like ad spend, of course, but the fact that we're both talking about it is also because of they invested some money for us to see it. But But I I, I works. yeah, something is working. And and I probably might go to them the next time I need a car part, which is hopefully no time soon.
0: (laughs) I I have used them before, so I can't, you know, I can't knock them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Good. It's funny. But speaking of like, you know, these challenges in general, when it comes to marketing and business and kind of figuring it out, what are some of the challenges you've had with having your business and running the show? Because obviously it's different than working your nine to five, being in a corporate job. Like, I know you have a full team. Like, what's it been like?
1: Yeah, so I would say the challenges I face now are much, much different than the ones I used to face. But in order to relate to those, I'm going to give some of both real quickly. So I know that some of the struggles I had in the beginning was mostly mindset. I hate to even say that because it feels like something that you can't really put your hands on. But Mm -hmm. if you're a first generation entrepreneur, Your mind is working against you at all times. And knowing that is just to give you some comfort to know that it's not you. If you don't have any examples around you of people doing it, naturally, everything's going to feel like an aggression or like an attack towards what you believe is true, right? You know, it's possible, but you're going to believe it's not possible because it can be the small. I love to give this example. My aunt, when I first transitioned into my um, full-time entrepreneur we were at a restaurant or something and she gave me $50 or $100 just randomly. Didn't need it, didn't ask for it. Um, But she just randomly gave it to me. It told me she didn't believe in me. It told me that I was unemployed. It told me that I was homeless, which I wasn't. I wasn't, none of these things, right? Mm -hmm. But what it subconsciously told me is that she doesn't think that I've worked. She doesn't think that I have what I have. She doesn't think it's possible. So why would I think it's possible? Just those small microaggressions made such an impact on me. And I think in the beginning stages, it's very important to understand that if you've never done something before, it's not supposed to be easy. It's not supposed to be something that is going to come to you naturally and feel great. You're going to feel really sucky. You're going to get hot. You're going to be sweaty, especially in sales calls. You're going to be sweaty. You're going to be hot. You're going to be nervous. My biggest Thing is just to push through it, right? That's the solution that I have. When you mm-hmm. don't like something, to quote my grandmother, you do it anyway, right? I didn't want to eat my dinner. They want to eat my veggies. She said, eat it anyway. So you just got to do it anyway. And then the challenges that I'm having now that I'm found my consistency, I have a team of 10, like we're doing our thing, right? The challenges I have now is just kind of impact versus like the business side of me who has to make a
0: profit, right? Uh, people versus profit is like, I think, the hardest thing that I've had to deal with too.
1: Yeah. You will encounter people
0: who, you know, with a
1: little bit of handholding or a little bit of whatever you can really make an impact. But the problem is at some point you have to make a decision, right? I can't not pay my team, right? I can't, I have mouths to feed at this point. It's not just Crystal doing free work. So that's the hardest thing, which is why I pour into my Instagram the way that I do. I mean, I get leads from Instagram, but not in any way to compensate for what I actually pour into my Instagram. So it's really me trying to, one, create resources for people because I send people my lives all the time, but then also trying to make the impact and get people to a point where they're able to invest what it takes to work with someone like me. And in the past, right, I've tried to figure out how to skim off some of the projects so I can make it a little cheaper for the person. But at the end of the day, I know what I do. I know the value that I do. And it doesn't really do even them for example, with websites, to try to skip certain steps, it skips my process, right? And it skips me being able to kind of guarantee what I guarantee. So Mm -hmm. I've had to work through that whole pressure and, and brainstorm of how I can make this larger impact and help the people that I help. And I have some solutions in place, but I feel it's just almost like this pressure that I feel like for every Chrissy out there, there's like 10 I call them like imposter, like internet gurus, you know, they're out here saying you need to do this. And if you, if you want to make a million dollars, you have to do a course and you got to take my course to learn how to do the course. And it's just like, if you really break that down, right. That's again, how my mind works. If you break that down, if the only way you're making your money is to tell me how to make the money you're making through the same thing you're telling me, to, like it's a cycle, right? It yeah. can never be true. Yeah. Right? Because not every single business needs a course and not every single client or customer wants to take a course. I, I have no interest in a course. I don't have time to commit to a course. It's just scheming and it's it's very upsetting to me. But it's one of the things that I work through on a pretty daily basis because I have a lot of like discovery calls and a lot of times I'm meeting with clients and I want to help, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And still stay afloat. Right. So yeah. I turn down a lot of people. A lot of people. And that's really disheartening for me. That's one of my biggest challenges, like literally at this moment, the call before you that I was telling you that I was still in, that's what we were talking about. How can we we get people what they need when they need it without breaking their bank or ours, which is really hard.
0: I can understand that because also like, the thing is you have a secret sauce and when you work with someone one on one or personally like you can obviously bring new ideas to the table and you work through problems and whatever else but like when you're stretched so thin that you don't have enough time for yourself it's almost like okay wait a minute I'm losing sight of like what I'm doing or not even losing sight but like most people go into entrepreneurship as yes flexibility money but it's also for impact right I No, I didn't make much of an impact being in corporate. No matter how much I volunteered and tried, I'm not at a point where I'm capped at my schedule. But someone like you who's like clearly killing it, you have a business in place, you have 10 employees. Like I can only imagine the type of frustration that you have that you'll feel like you're, you know, capped in a sense or like you don't know what to do if it's not a course, what it looks like.
1: Right, right, exactly. And I feel a lot of people are there. Like I would even argue that that's one of the things that you learn as you get started is that there's always going to be something to do. I am being pulled in a a million directions. And I've said that to several people in the past few weeks because I don't think people truly understand. Like, I really wish, I was telling my group, I wish you guys could shadow me so you could see what it's like, to see like where you're heading so that you can forecast and really see if this is even something you want. Realistically, it's very different. You have to change your mindset around. And I'm not one of those people that believe you have to work like 24 hours and and work weekends and all that stuff. I still try to create you know work-life balance no such thing as balance but that's neither here or there but, uh, <laughs> it's not such thing as balance you decide you decide what balance is and you go after that it's almost like yeah. success so yeah. no such thing as success you can find someone who makes 20 grand a year and they're perfectly happy and content with that it's all about how you look at it and what you want but it's trying to find that balance or you know build that balance and then also knowing like where you're heading it's a very weird place to be in when you are successful and you want to scale but you can't figure out how to scale without scaling you (laughs) you know and literally one of my team members today was just like that you need to just hire someone as smart as you people tell me that all the time but I just see so many as far as online and people who claim to be brand strategists and claim to be they're just imposters They don't care about clients. Like brand strategy, if you really care about what it is that you do, you you care about your client's bottom line. You cannot possibly care about their bottom line if you're going to charge them thousands of dollars or something and you know they're not getting that.
0: You know what I'm saying? Like I'm part of a business mastermind that I signed up in in April Mm -hmm. and it was very expensive, a couple thousand dollars, but I knew it was a year-long program. Like I'm totally fine with spending that if I'm going to get the value out of it. And let me tell you, I now we're in a group chat on Instagram, all the women who are part of it, or like a fraction. like, And we are so dissatisfied with the direction that it's headed because this person stretched herself way too thin. She's doing a billion different things. She has a book deal, like all this stuff, which is great for her. But like, you have 15 people who are dissatisfied with your service and we all paid all this money. Like, that's not a good thing. Like, clearly something's not working. You yeah. never want to be to a place of like, if you're making that much money and that many people are dissatisfied what is the whole point? Because the whole point of going into this was impact and helping. And it's like the opposite, you know? Yeah.
1: Well, I will say this. And to be perfectly honest, I had the same experience, right? I paid $5,000 for a program and it was terrible for a reason that I understand to be this. You have different types of entrepreneurs. You have those like you, right? And I can sense the difference real quick. If I get on a call with someone and they're talking in a certain language, i just end it. It's oh, the salesy soundtrack. language.
0: And you're like, yeah, not even don't salesy. do that.
1: To me. They're talking about like they they value, you know, volume over impact. So you have like impact driven entrepreneurs, you know, high volume, low impact type of folks who just want to just make the dollars. And that's exactly what the issue was. When you don't care about the end result and you're just trying to feed your pipeline, you're looking at everyone as a dollar then you're not really impact driven. You're not purpose driven. You're not about the passion isn't there and it's clear. And what happened with me, which probably sounds very similar to what I went through is she sold it like it was a business group. But this is the most frustrating thing in my entire like entrepreneurial career. What happened is she sold it as a business group. But then when I joined and paid all this money, of course, a lot of the members were like aspiring or they were talking about personal type things. Well, I'm here working through my mindset drama and all this stuff around like not having consistent sales and not knowing where to get clients and can't pay my mortgage past due like three months. People are on here talking about they didn't get hit their water goal. And not to shade that, right? Cause I got cold too, okay? I'm trying to lose weight. I'm trying to get healthy. I'm trying to do all the things. But if I pay for a group to help me in this, listening to her help you about how you need to drink your water is not. That's not a good investment for me as a business. And so I find there's a difference between those on the interwebs, right? Who want to just make a lot of money. And there's those like me who actually care about the impact. I only work with impact driven. If you don't care about the success, like that's how I teach my clients about feedback, right? Because feedback is really make or break as a business owner. If I can teach you how to collect feedback, constructive feedback, and be open enough to share feedback with others, I know one, you're impact driven because you care. Right. You would never mm-hmm. ask for feedback if you didn't care, but then you'll yeah, start yeah. to really grow a lot faster because it won't just be up here. What you think will happen. It's a very, very, very frustrating and thing to, to know that there are so many people out here. It's a scam. And the sad part is we don't, we don't hold them accountable. Right. I can think of big people that I know, like four of my clients have taken the course Um, someone. I won't name her name because I name her in all the podcast. Well, not all of them, but some of them. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm going to stop crapping on her because by all means, she has an audience that maybe she helps. Right. But I have people who have went through her and they literally like, hey, like, I don't feel like by investing this much in a course, I should need you. And you're right. Like, that's not offensive to me. If you made an investment and you were expecting to get X, Y, Z out of it, you shouldn't have to now sign up with someone else. To yeah. you know, get whatever it is that you were looking for to make yeah. it practical for you. Those companies are not targeting me.
0: They're targeting new entrepreneurs. And that's why I think it's a scam because it's like predatory. It's, it's like we're like, vulnerable, like. I'll be honest I'm using my savings to fund my business like that's just the reality of it that is the reality for most entrepreneurs like it is you're in debt you're trying to figure your shit out it'll pop when it pops but right now like don't come after me selling me on a dream of like you're going to learn how to be great in social have great sales calls like come up with a product define your ideal target you know your audience whatever it is and then all of a sudden it's all about like like you said drinking water or like dumb shit and it's also really frustrating too because here we are trying to build an online presence and there are people who are almost like muddying the water, like giving us a bad rap and like basically almost convincing other people not to invest or follow us for mm-hmm. the same exact reason that they got turned off in the first place or exactly along those lines.
1: Exactly. No, you're, you're absolutely right. There is a lot more mud than there is diamonds in this sea of entrepreneurship. And I think to be perfectly honest, it's not for everyone. Um, I I have that unfortunate conversation with a lot of people, not a lot, but some people I do have it with. And it's just about what's being so if the way you can spot these. So if you're listening to this and you're like, wow, I don't want to be scammed. Right. The way you can spot these folks is that one, their Instagram or social media in general is filled with receipts. It's filled with Luxury loss and it's filled with, you know, boats and cars and look at my life. You could have this life, too. It's filled yeah, with yeah. marketing and advertising that plays on your emotions like I want that, too. Right. If you go to my Instagram, it's a lot different. It's all about value, mm-hmm. giving you what you need, not making you feel like you're getting left out. There's a huge difference. You can tell the difference between people who are trying to help and the people who are trying to just show you my life's so grand and your life could be grand too if you only take my course. If you only do drop shipping. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. You see them on Instagram. Pay attention, or not Instagram, YouTube. Pay attention to the YouTube ads because YouTube's a huge, huge place where you'll see that person that walks up with the cars and they're this and they're like, oh my
0: gosh, I want to live that life. Yeah. But I mean, okay, so now let me ask you like, when we talk about imposter syndrome and now like assholes in the market, if you will, Mm -hmm. how do you get to a place of like instinctually knowing, okay, I'm here for value. How do you not deviate from that course of being valuable as you scale? But also like, just how do you not become that person? Because I know a lot of people, they can get into the motions of like, got to post every day, got to do this. Like, yes, you come with intention of being valuable, but like, it's so easy to just get into the whole, like, let me show off my made six figures this year. Like, let me get into blah, blah, blah. Like, let me sell people on... BS. Because also the other thing too, I feel like when you first start as an entrepreneur, at least for people that I've talked to in Business Mastermind too, there's, you know, we are valuable, but you haven't yet gotten any money for it. So the confirmation of that money for value isn't yet solidified. So you feel so insured yourself that you feel like scammy in the beginning to even begin with. I know I touched on a lot, but (laughs) you don't even know what you just did to me. So, like, okay. So, the
1: first part, you asked me very clearly, what do you do when you are faced with all this and you're falling into like that, keeping up with the Joneses type of mentality? And my advice to you would be stop paying attention. Stop paying attention, right? And understand that everything you experience right now, everything that you experience on social media is what you curated it's the things that you like it's the people you follow so start following people who actually care about the impact right start following people who show up the way you want to show up right so that's a, my first like real tactical advice my second piece right would be if you are like well no matter what you're person to person so if you are a service based company or product based company start talking to your client or customer no no matter what you will never unfortunately, maybe I'm wrong on this. You would have to consult like a therapist or something to know if if my theory is right. Unfortunately, we need help for us to know that we are the shit, right? Like we, we smell it, but we don't really know. We need someone else to tell us (laughs) sometimes, unfortunately. And so when you get reinforced, the reason why I come up as confident as I am is because I've been told multiple times, Or it's been pointed out to me multiple times or, you know, I've done video testimonials and as uncomfortable as it was at the moment. Right. To listen to people talk about you and say all these things and literally start crying, like all the things that you think that is not to to me, I'm just doing my job. Right. Mm -hmm. But once you start getting this like idea reinforced, it just becomes like second nature. And the Mm -hmm. only way to get to where I am is to talk to people and to listen to them and to ask them questions. It is under no other circumstances will you just magically wake up one morning like I'm the shit. You know, it's just not going to happen. You can do affirmations. I've tried everything. You can do affirmations. I knew what I was saying, but it wasn't until I seen proof in the pudding that I was able to come off the way that I know. People tell me all the time, like, oh, you're so confident. You're so this. It didn't happen. Also, pro tip, record your calls, record your calls. Oh, my God. I'm learning that, too. Oh my God. Take I say auto things record. and I'm like,
0: damn it, I wish I had it as like content.
1: It's not even that though. So here's here's the reason why I say record your calls. What you think you are putting off, you may not be putting off and vice versa so when you say something to someone right now like we're talking to each other and you're immersed in the call and your body language responds to certain things that i say and it doesn't vice versa right you, you open you loosen especially in sales calls oh my gosh please record your calls if you are talking to anyone about anything that you do you can see a lot in their expressions you can see a lot in your expressions right so when you go back and watch it pay attention and take some notes and that's part of the reason why I really don't take as many notes in my calls anymore, because I'm, they're recorded. At some point, though, I promise you won't have to do it anymore because you'll just know. Right. I can talk to someone, ask a few questions, you know, anywhere five to 10 questions. And then I know where they are and what they're struggling with just because I've talked to them so many times before. A different person, but same exact scenario. But in the meantime, until you get there. You have to one talk to people, record the interactions and watch them strategically and critiquing how you're coming across where I thought I was coming off a certain way. I wasn't. All of the stress and the financial hardship was coming off as desperation. And I had no idea. And watching me waffle on price and and try to help them despite knowing that I wouldn't be profitable. Those are critiques that you cannot get from anyone. It's an energetic thing, right? You know, one's going to know and be able to say like, hey, you made me feel really uncomfortable when you said this or, hey, your price is way too high. Like most people aren't going to tell you that, but you can mm-hmm. see it in the body language in the moment. Right. And especially if you go back and watch a call, don't worry about it so much in the call, but go back and watch it and take notes for next calls so that, you
0: know, the cues to pay attention to. I love that. And like you said before, I'm going to start recording everything to the cloud. I'm like ready, ready. Yeah. You know? But yeah. And, and just make it auto record so that you don't forget. That's
1: why I told you I hit my Zoom cap a long time ago, but they haven't deleted it. I'm scared for that even to be out on the web. They haven't deleted anything. <laughs> <laughs> like I got so many calls. I literally have hit my cap. They send me emails all the time, but they, they won't delete them. So they're just still there. I don't know. Awesome. (laughs) Might as well just
0: be a glitch, but don't say anything. (laughs) Yeah, like
1: Just don't say that anywhere.
0: (laughs) (laughs) So, I mean, with that strategy of recording and all the things you touched on, what other like systems or strategies do you use to keep the business like flowing and you to be in a place of like, again, impact over profit, or even just like your day-to-day, like taking the complexity out of business? Like what are some things that you can offer to listeners that are in like your foolproof way of maximizing your time?
1: Yeah. I love that. So that question is confirmation to me as well, because one of the workshops that I've been working on for Q3 is around like organizing yourself as a solopreneur, because there are so many ways that you can go about like creating that structure. What will happen, right? When you first get started is that trying to find your rhythm and not knowing what the options are. You're going to drop a lot of balls. You're going to miss a lot of things and you're going to beat yourself up about it. When in reality, Well, the reason why you thrive in corporate America is because they've created that structure for you. One of the best tips that I give people all the time, right? Something that really, really works for me, super simple, get up and get dressed. And I should not have to say that, but I know there are days that you start your day and you are in your pajama pants. You don't feel like work. You are maybe sitting on the couch, maybe eating some snacks, maybe watching Netflix and multitasking. Everyone laughs at me when I do this because I do it in my head. And I say it out loud. Like I say, I'll come into the office. My bedroom's literally right here behind this wall. <laughs> but I say, I say I'm coming into the office or I'll say uh, when I leave the office or I'm still in the, like, I will say that and people will be like, what are you talking? You work from home. And I'm like, yeah. But when I step into this room, work only happens here. So that's, yeah. I guess, tip number two is create a space where you can thrive in, right? And the environment, it doesn't have to be a full office. It could be a corner. But when you step into that room, work happens there. My other tools and systems are going to be things like Trello, basically making sure every little thing that I'm required to do is in Trello or even not necessarily required to do. There's two things, reasons I use Trello. One is to keep track of the work. Right. But as an entrepreneur, naturally, you're going to have so many ideas. Like I'm pretty sure (laughs) I'm pretty sure you're up at night like, oh, my God, it would be great if I could do this. But the problem is you need a place to store that, otherwise that thought will re-enter and re-enter and re-enter, and it'll be on repeat. So I have a Trello system that I use and that I teach, and one of the columns is the backlog. And the backlog is to understand that it will always be there, right? It's a list of things we want to do or will do in the future, and it is a safe place to throw an idea. If you don't have that, that's the number one tip I would say to do today. It doesn't have to be in Trello. It could be an iPhone reminder list. It could be a notebook. I don't recommend a notebook, though. I mean, how many times have I, like, if I asked you to, to find me the pages Nobody where you find box, it? Um, yeah, just flipping, just but. constantly flipping. <laughs> You don't want a notebook. You should, it should be somewhere digital so you can search it. That's another tip. Just how you structure your day is important, too, and being open to change. Be open to change. Don't find a system online like calendar blocking. I love calendar blocking. Well, don't find that system and then try it and then be like, oh, my God, it doesn't work for me. I'm just going to leave it. Make some changes. Figure out what works for you. And it took me a very long time. Like everyone praises me, even in my personal life. They praise me on like how I use my calendar and how disciplined I am. But this took so much time. I was dropping yeah. the ball like crazy. But just be patient with yourself, I guess is the biggest thing. Be patient with yourself and be open to change.
0: Yeah. Do you have like a hybrid of systems you use? Because I know there's like time blocking There's the Pomodoro method. I've heard there's 60, 60, 30 sets. There's like, there's a lot of things that people do. There are people who don't even use a calendar and they do like based off what their heart or like their gut tells them to do in that moment. And they act based on that, which is like, I know your eyes just got big, but for some people it works. So like for you, have you over the years of implementing all the systems found that one works or is it just a collective?
1: I would say it is a collective of bits and pieces and then also just things that I've used. In my corporate job, I was working in tech. I was a business analyst, quasi like project manager type of role. With that, I learned a lot of like productivity and efficiency skills. Well, I believe that you can work off of your gut, but sometimes what feels most important is not important because usually what feels most important is the things you want to do. But what about the things you don't want to do? Right, there's going to be things as a business. Right, there's going to be things like sales. Unless you're a salesperson, no one gets up and they're like, "Oh my gosh, I want to sell to someone." Like no one <laughs> does that, you know. Like yeah. um, a quick tip though on that: if you reframe that instead of saying, "Oh, I have to get on this sales call," instead say, "I get to help someone today." It changes your mindset around that. Okay. But there, there's a, a bunch of systems. So I use calendar blocking. I use Trello, of course, project management. I have these like time boxes on my desk. Oh, yeah. Where did you
0: get those from? It's so cute. I love it.
1: I got them from Amazon. You're going to just look up timer cubes. And let me just give a quick um, explanation as to why they're helpful. On your phone, your phone is a distraction. Turn your phone on. Do do not disturb when you're working. Right. It's a distraction right now. I got tons of notifications. But so if I go into my phone to set a timer, nine times out of 10, I'm going to get distracted. Where this thing, you simply turn like there's time on it and you simply turn it on 60, give me 60 minutes and the timer is set and it will beep in 60 minutes. That's it. You need another 10 minutes, you just flip it. It's a really easy way, especially with like client calls. If I need to wrap and I don't want to get caught up in the conversation, I'll flip the cube. Instead of imagine if we're in a call and I'm like, hold on one second, let me set a timer. You know, like it's a conglomerate of just different things that's worked for me and certain things didn't work for me either. But that's what actually the workshop I'm working on is to basically pull all of these into one system and just kind of have my own way. And if it works for you, great. But if not, definitely explore. Right. Because there's yeah. all different things. Yeah. I yeah. live by my calendar. Live yeah. by it.
0: But I also it also want- helps because I don't remember anything. I mean, yeah. I, I can remember like the things that are not important to business, like when your birthday is and what your dog's name is. But I can't remember what I have on the
1: calendar tomorrow. Yeah. And to be fair to you, too, just a real quick note everyone wants to make sure that you understand your brain is not supposed to re- we are not computers we're not databases we are not meant to store information that's why you forget things like oh what was the name of that your brain's not supposed to remember that your brain's supposed to protect you your brain's supposed to recognize threats your brain's supposed to um, like remember some things like but necessary things right mm-hmm. so for the example you use like dog names and birthdays get a crm or the more room you give your brain for really like pertinent information the better So if you can get a CRM, like I have automation that happens on my calendar. Anytime someone's birthday comes up, it puts it on my calendar, sends me an email the day before to send them a gift. Like it does all these things where I don't have to remember about it. Because if I do, it's one more thing on my to-do list. Do you need more things on your to-do list? Hell no.
0: Do you, do you need more work? <laughs> you know, like <laughs> I mean, okay, but that could be kind of a double edged sword because now when I'm thinking about it, I think of so many people who are soft leads or friends. Like it could be business friendly or not, and then you end up having a mega huge long list of people that you need to like. I mean, it's like when you even you know, get notified on Facebook where it's like seven people's birthdays with over the course of your entire life that you've met these people. Like, do I need to really do that? Like, is that more work or is it actually helpful in the way of business?
1: I I think it's important. Everything that I do always goes back to knowing who your target market is or your client is or your customer is, your person, right? Know who they are. There's a like the personal side of you, right? Who wants to tell that person happy birthday. And then there's also the business side of you that wants to maintain and build that relationship, which Mm -hmm. I mean, technically speaking, it's the same thing. You're still maintaining and building the relationship. So you have to make that decision, but CRMs are super, super helpful. The one I use is called Close, it's spelled with a Z, C L O Z E. It's amazing. It's not. There's no free version, unfortunately, but it's worth every single penny. It helps you to keep in touch with people. It tells you like, hey, this is the last time you talk to someone. So do you want to send them a keep in touch email or hey, just checking on you? It gives you templates. It gives you all of that stuff. It's very helpful. I would not worry about like the personal side of things. Or, like what could come up of like all these people and being overwhelmed. Cross that bridge when you get there. Oftentimes I feel like. A lot of people talk themselves out of stuff before it even happens because of what could happen. But the likelihood of that happening is very unlikely, if that makes sense. What Definitely. I'm
0: oh, I feel like I've, I have scenarios in my head that happen constantly and they probably never happen. It's actually ended up being better than I think it's going to be almost all the time.
1: Yeah, exactly. So my biggest biggest, biggest advice and kind of the brand that I I represent. I always model kind of my brand off of Nike, right? They're very like grits and grime. Let's just get it done mentality. I model myself after that. And the biggest thing I say, again, quoting my grandmother is do it anyway, right? What if Mm -hmm. this could happen? What if that could happen? What if they think this, do it anyway, because likely it's probably not likely that what you think is going to happen.
0: So just do it. You have nothing to lose. Yeah. I love that. So this is so great. I'm so glad we got connected, and I'm also really <laughs> excited that the listeners get to tap in another amazing resource like you. I mean, you're, I love your Instagram. I'm obsessed. <laughs> There's so many cool <laughs> things. But so one thing that I like to do whenever I wrap up podcast is ask my guest if you could give advice to your younger self. What would that be? And that could be like young Chrissy, or it could be like young business Chrissy. But so what what would that be for the listeners?
1: So my biggest advice for my younger self. Which honestly, this could really apply to everyone because I think it's our number one desire. Everyone wants to find and I just categorize it as like it. Right. They're always searching. And I think the biggest advice that I would give them is just to stop searching and just know that it will come. And even when it does come, it will change. Like I was 100 percent happy and being an event planner at one point, then it didn't throw me the same way. Stop trying to find your purpose. Stop trying to find your dream job. Stop trying to find it. Be present in the moment. Appreciate and have gratitude to what you do have. Make some changes, of course, like have an idea of what you want to get, but stop trying to like constantly like everyone says, oh, I'm off track. I'm off balance. I'm not making progress. That's a lie. You're living every single day. And I know you're not just sitting there. Right. Like and if you are, you're probably clinically depressed and you're probably seeing someone about it. So you're still doing something, you know, so like no one's just sitting and not existing in life. So just be grateful for what it is that you do have for the progress that you do make and stop getting caught up in like your ideals of productivity and your ideals of success and your ideals. If you think about it in a sense of how you really feel on a day to day when you're in this mindset, you're miserable. And I look Mm -hmm. at people and I listen to people and what they say. And I'm like, how do you live like this? How do you live 10 steps ahead all the time? You know, and I used to be this way. So it's about being present, being in the now, accepting what you do have and what you don't have. And then also not getting stressed about where you are in the mix of things. Right. Like my stress could be I'm not hitting, you know, I'm not doubling my sales goal every month. It could be like, I'm not, you know, the client, I could get the clients. I could turn, I could stop turning around people, but that's not what I'm trying to do. I'm here for a reason. I'm taking it day by day. And I'm just, I'm being present. Like everyone's yeah. trying to find, even think about it. Like when you were in college, it's like, what's my major? What am I going to do for the rest? Is If oh, you think about oh it, it's God. an insane yeah. question to ask an 18 year old, what do you want to do for the rest of your life? Like I that they insane. frame it
0: like that as if it's like, if you go to school for this, this is the only way because so many people go back to school or they, they do things that are not even relevant to their degree. Like I got a teaching degree. And even though in a sense, like what I'm doing now is in my teaching roots, I was in tech, I was in finance, like I went all over the place and wasn't confined by a degree. It's BS. Absolutely. And that pressure that you feel to like
1: select something is external. It's external. And so you just have to stop living your life that way and be more grateful about what what it is that you do have, what it is that you do enjoy today. Find joy in the little things. Like I know that's a lot of different like one piece of life. I mean, like
0: it's still it goes along with the saying of like, I don't know what my purpose is today but I'm on my way. I'm going to get there. It's not perfectly clear today, but I know I already have it. It's just a matter of time before it unfolds. Like that's essentially. Right. And,
1: and even when you are, even when you get there, you're probably going to be chasing something else. It's the nature of who we are. Yeah. A you know, it's <laughs> that thing that says like, if you're not growing, you're dying or something like that. Like it's the same, it's something like that. It's the same thing. Yeah. yeah damn (laughs) Chrissy spitting
0: facts oh man you like Chrissy bible study like (laughs) tell me all the good things I should I should do that
1: I should definitely there's so many things I want to do with time is really my constraint it's not even time because we all have the same amount of time I don't believe in people saying I don't have no time you make the time for what you want to make time for yeah so I have the time it's just more of exactly priority and just too much, too much things that I want to do. But just being OK with that, too. Like, you know, like be OK with that. Be OK with the backlog. The backlog's always going to be there.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, you're the shit. I'm so glad we connected. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you, dear. Thank you, dear. And and that goes right back to saying like that tip I gave earlier about just talking to people. Right. Because you'll get that reconfirmation. All right. I always knew I was the shit. But like until people started to tell me, I was like, oh, yeah, I smell it now. You know, like, <laughs> I'm, good. I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. It smells like roses. Okay. No, <laughs>
0: I love it. I love it. Well, thank you so much for being on. I think everyone who listens is going to get an injection of enthusiasm and some business, you know, courage for those people who want to connect with you. How can they get in touch or find you?
1: Uh, Instagram will probably be the best way, or you can go to my website, coloradict.com. That's spelled with K's K-O-L-O-R-A-D-D-I-K-T. And um, you can su- shoot a message. You can also schedule time on my calendar. I do meet and greets all the time. So feel free to schedule that, but I'm an open book guys. So if you send me a question on Instagram, if I don't get to it, my team will be like, Hey, this person is asking you something. And I will gladly go on there and give you unlimited or unsolicited advice. You know, I'm not going to charge you $4.99 after the conversation. I'm here to help at the end of the day. I understand that everyone starts somewhere.
0: Yeah, Mm -hmm. awesome. And then anyone who's listening who wants to kind of find more about Chrissy, you can go to corporatequitter.com. She'll have her own page with all of her information. But Chrissy, thank you so, so much for being on. This is so great. Yes, thank you so much for having me.